And this is our number two. It's time for the fastest 15 minutes in the news. This is Dory's Fastest 15. You give us 15 minutes, I will give you joyful Christmas echoes just like that one the rest of the week. Brandy Cruz filling in for my friend Dory Monson. Could you name that tune? Oh, oh, oh. Come on, Andrew. Oh, you're asking me? Yeah. Uh, it's Jingle Bells. Yes, I was going to say it's Jingle Bells. <laughs> oh, I do like the hour number two echo. We have so many good stories for the Fastest 15. I can't even, I got to talk this fast to get through all of them because there's so many good ones. Um, I am genuinely worried about the next generation and just their victim mentality. And I know people are like, ah, oh, it's a right wing talking point. No, it's genuinely a problem. Uh, so there are a couple universities on the East Coast that are taking extraordinary steps to try to appease their student body. So students at Cornell University are debating what's being called a universal pass equitable grading system, which means that regardless of how you did in a course, regardless of the letter grade that you may have earned or not earned in a course, that you would pass your course no matter what. (laughs) And apparently there are some protests happening in this regard. Um, You know, some of it is still blaming COVID-19. You know, COVID-19 was really tough on these students. And so even if a kid put in an A effort and a kid put in an F effort, that they've all got to pass, right? And if you don't, then that is, we've got the woke word dice. I know Dory actually rolls the woke word dice. I don't have dice with me. It's racist if you do not allow every single one of these students uh, to pass. So that's happening at uh, Cornell University. And the argument is you have some kids who maybe they don't have access to uh, Internet or they live abroad. And so if you use this pass fail system, they're calling it a pass fail system, even though they're saying no one would fail. So it's a pass pass system. <laughs> it's a, I don't understand the different the different maybe if you don't show up at all. Uh, they're saying that no one would fail the course. I don't know. So it's a pass pass system. Mm-hmm. So that's happening there. And then there is in Manhattan a, um, I think it's called the New School. Yeah, the New School. It's this progressive kind of ritzy college. It's like, I I think of it as like Evergreen State, (laughs) but in Manhattan. So think of it like that. So they want, um, there's been a uh, faculty strike for 25 days at this college, right? And I mean, I get that that's unfair to the kids, But they're all demanding. Now the students are also having a protest of their own. So it's like the battle of the protests. And they want A grades and a tuition uh, refund. And they are occupying campus as part of this protest. (laughs) So I just think of how hellish life has to be for anyone at this. The, The faculty's protesting. The students are protesting. Everyone wants someone, every something. Everyone's a victim. Yeah, they want tuition refund. I do think they should get a partial refund on their sure. tuition. Did you see what else was part of it? There's 16 points to their demands, and one of them is better quality cafeteria food. Oh, well, that's, that's, a, that's a must. <laughs> that, is the, that is a must. Although I imagine that they've got like tro- Tofu 25 Ways... And you all think. the good, you know, I'm fresh sure local fine. cuisine. Uh, 
so dur- all of that, this, this is a trifecta of, of woke college campus. I love the college fix, by the way. We get all this, all this information. So um, at Pomona College, which – where is Pomona College? Nicole, can you look that up? Uh-huh. Forgive me if I don't have that one committed to memory. California, I Cal- think so. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. okay. Pomona College. Students of color are being given some safe spaces at the college where they can go to escape white cis males. So (laughs) this is a, a destination on campus, a lounge of sorts, if you will, where these students can actually swipe an access card. <laughs> to be able to get into to escape white people. <laughs> so they genuinely, this is approved by college administrators that they can get a special swipe access to this particular lounge that students of color can apply for. And they can only they can get into this lounge. And not white students, which I think sounds like discrimination. A lot like it. (laughs) But also, what is life like for that person who at a liberal college in California still feels so unsafe amongst the student populace that they need their own lounge that they can only get into with a key where white people are not allowed? What is the rest of their life like? Because you can't, if you're at Costco and then there's some white people, I, I, where do you go? You're just always triggered. Yeah, where do you go? There's no, you know, there's no safe space at Costco or at the, at the bar, at the club. Mm-hmm. And, and God forbid you walk in and there's one of those cisgender white males there. What, <laughs> do we need these spaces everywhere? I think we've done that before. I, I, oh, yeah, like a, a bathroom just for white people. Right. It didn't work very well. It didn't work very well. It's interesting, the direction that we're going into in this country. Uh, I had to. <laughs> I told Nicole I could spend the entire three hours on this story, this next story. The entire three hours. I won't, but I could. So the American Journal of Medicine needs to be disbanded. <laughs> If this study is an indication. So there is a trio of researchers from the University of Toronto and their findings were were published in the American uh, Journal of uh, Medicine. They did a study, all the things that these researchers could be studying to help mankind, to help society, to help keep us safe and healthy. Well, they examined the possible link between your vaccination status and how likely you are to get into a fender bender. Now, according to these researchers, they have theorized that people who are not vaccinated against COVID-19 are more likely to get into a traffic accident. This is the kind of research that, honestly, it's so important to really civilization as a whole, 
Forget the actual vax research. Yeah, I mean, no wonder. That, this is what I've been wanting to know the whole the whole pandemic is if I'm unvaccinated, am I more likely to get into a car accident? They say yes. So these researchers from the University of Toronto have examined government records of 11 million people. <laughs> I'm hoping that this is something that you could only do in Canada. 16% of those people did not get a COVID-19 vaccine. And according to these researchers, that group was 72% more likely to be involved in a severe traffic crash in which at least one person was transported to the hospital. 70 <laughs> Because they live on the edge. They don't want to get vaxxed and they drive crazy. Is that what they're saying? Well, that's what their argument is. They say that it is the attitude of those opposed to the vaccine that contributes to this. It's not about their vaccination status. It is about their attitude. They say that these people have a distrust of the government, a belief in freedom. How dare they? <laughs> this is an actual, Shocking. This is an actual quote from the study, by the way. Why would they? This is a quote. Why would they ignore the rules of the road? Well, distrust of the government, a belief in freedom, misconceptions of daily risks, faith in natural protection. Apathy toward regulation, a lack of resources, and that that doesn't make any sense. They say their personal beliefs in all of those things are potential reasons why they, one, would not get a COVID vaccine, and two, would be more likely to get into a car accident. I love how they list belief in freedom. <laughs> Do the... They said that of the 11 million people, only 16 didn't uh, get a COVID vaccine. So do the other 84% not believe in freedom? I think there's a lot of people who did get the COVID vaccine, myself included, who believe in freedom. (laughs) I just have to, this is funny. British diagnostic pathologist, Dr. Claire Craig, said the study is, quote, a joke. (laughs) She says, thank, thank you, Dr. Craig. These claims are based on accidents which resulted in hospitalization. Each person injured is referred to in the paper as a crash, even when the injured person was a pedestrian. Yeah, so this is the kind of stuff that the American Journal of Medicine is spending its time on. And these are the kind of things that researchers at the University of Toronto have nothing better to do than to look into. Uh, Nancy Pelosi. Wait, did you see that they also are asking for first responders to consider taking precautions to protect themselves and, um, oh wait, suggest that unvaccinated adults be, sorry, careful with other people and outside uh, with surrounding traffic and then please advise them on traffic safety and insurance policies. Are the are, are the unvaccinated also more likely to be uninsured? First Did it say? <laughs> Let's just put that on our first responders. I think I need to make a trip to the University of Toronto. Here's some safety tips for traffic. It's really bad. Anyway, um, Nancy Pelosi. This was really interesting. Do you see this? So she, uh, there's a reporter who asked her whether she plans to serve her full term. Which I think is a fair question, right? I mean, she's getting up there. What happened to her husband? You know, she's not going to be the Speaker of the House anymore. Um, Who is this reporter? I want to know before I... Hold on. Let me look if it says what reporter it is. Because I don't know all these reporters in the White House briefing room. 
Um, okay, I'll find the report, but listen to how she responded to what I think is a very reasonable, understandable question. Will you commit to serving your full two-year term for the people of San Francisco? What is this? What is this? Don't bother me with a question like that. Really? Really? Okay? I said what I'm going to do. Yeah. I don't... Those kind of questions are such a waste of my time. No, I'm... A- oh, it's very saucy for no reason. Don't bother me. Don't bother me with those questions. Uh, Joe Biden, it has been about two and a half months since he's done a legitimate news interview. Although, do you call the MSNBC one legitimate? With Jonathan Caperart or whatever? I guess. That was the... I just via... And then what who, they're calling. And then before that, he did it with like the TikTok star and before right. that, the YouTube star. Mm-hmm. So Biden, he sat down for a tough interview finally with Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love Drew Barrymore, but in romantic comedies, not sitting across from the president of right. the United States. Um, and it was really odd because even in this setting, a friendly setting like the Drew Barrymore show. The president felt the need to just completely make stuff up, which I just thought was weird. I mean, she's going to ask you about really mundane things. Why do you feel the need to make things up? One of the things that he lied about was how he met the first lady. And of course, we know she they initially met because she was a babysitter for his kids, right? After his wife died. Well, that's what everybody had. I mean, we've seen pictures. Right. And that's what we've been told. But yeah, then she was like very Biden young at the time. has a different story. So Biden, <laughs> Biden I don't know. has, as always, you know, different story. My brother set us up on a blind date. My youngest brother. And then what? You made her your babysitter? I don't get it. And uh, when I went out with her the first time, I knew this was the woman. I really did. So you believe in love at first sight? I do. Love only, at first night? Only twice in my life have I ever fallen in love, and both times where I knew immediately. I'm not joking. I know that sounds bizarre, but I, but I, I once asked her, I said, how can you, when she finally agreed to marry me, how can you marry me knowing how much I loved my first wife? She said, because you love that deeply, you can love that way again. I was, well, and that's very sweet. And you know what happened? His family was tragic, but it, it, it just contradicts pictures from I the know, time. It's but very strange. But we're told, I mean, he has denied some of the babysitter comments, but it's just, it's a weird mystery. It's super weird. And then, um, speaking of just sort of the, the, the obvious mistruths, so Biden tells reporters, and I don't know where, where was he speaking after this? He, um, he, here's what he said, and it's, it's just a demonstrable lie. And, you know, uh, um, I think that there's a... I've been in a... <laughs> there is a statement in here somewhere, right? <laughs> no, not as uh, obviously combatant. I've been in and out of Afghanistan, Iraq, and his areas 38, 39 times. As, not as president, only twice as president, but from the time I was... A senator, but particularly when I was vice president. And he hasn't been to Afghanistan twice as president. No. Another place that the president seemingly refuses to go is the border. And uh, one of his advisors, Keisha Lance Bottoms, was on Fox News and was asked that question. And I think that's a legitimate question, given the state of things at the border, about, hey, why why won't he go to the border, given what's going on there? And simply because people don't see the president at the border doesn't mean that he's not working. 
Right. Well, why doesn't he go to the border? He was just in Arizona. Why wasn't it worth his time? Well, you have to remember, Margaret, when the president travels, it's not like you or I jumping on an airplane and getting off and going to our destination. Everything comes to a halt. So all of these things are in consideration for the president. Is that the best use of resources? All of the resources that will be diverted on the ground when the president makes a visit. Is that why he didn't go? Is that visit... Well, I can't speak to why he has or has not gone. I'm just speaking to the fact that it's a bit more disruptive for the president of the United States to travel than you or I. But what the president has done is continue to lean in on this immigration issue. So the president's worried about disrupting things at the southern border. What is he worried about? A traffic jam? Right. Apparently. Uh, Something tells me that the border agents will, will... Manage just fine and that they'd really like to see you at the southern border, Mr. President. Even and the residents, local and, residents. And the residents, even if it causes a little bit of traffic. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's funny that they send, I always laugh when these advisors, you know, go on to talk about something and say, well, I can't speak to that. Well, then why are you here? <laughs> if you can't speak to that, then why are you here? But I always, yeah, the the traffic jam argument, Mr. President, as to why you won't go to the southern border, I just really don't think right, but you got to come up with something better than that. But they send Vice President Harris here, and the same thing happens, and it's uh, just to help Patty Murray out well, on and a also, Friday. President Biden was in Arizona, so you're already yep. right there, right? right there. The disruptions already already happened, so you just get a little bit further to the southern border. All right, and that has been your fastest 15 this has been the fastest 15 minutes in the news. Fast, 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 fast stories. Fastest 15. Give us 15 minutes. We'll give you the world. Coming up, Elon Musk put out a Twitter poll, as he often does, asking if he should step down as the CEO of Twitter. Well, the results are in. We'll talk about what happens next. Brandy Cruz filling in for Dory Monson. <laughs> can do is hear Kevin screaming right now. <laughs> right where he screams. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, let's let's pepper in some more of these throughout the week. Let's give me a good vibe. You know, I started off the show with some rants and now I feel completely relaxed. Uh, this is Brandy, by the way. Are you fading it out? Make her, make her uh, start. Talking. I'm doing my no, job. No, I want to join. Nicole's I'm, like, I'm Brandy, you have the news yeah. to do. I like this. No, now, no, Brandy Cruz filling in my friend Dory Monson. <laughs> We're going to talk about Elon Musk in a moment. Figured we'd get some text in from the text line. You guys are so nice on the text line today, unless Nicole's hiding the mean ones from me. No, they're pretty nice. Four to five says, You're doing so good, Brandy. Thank you. You know, some people don't need positive reinforcement. I do. <laughs> I do. Uh, four to five says, I remember when you started at Q13. I listen to you on Undivided and hear, uh, hear you on Dory when you cover for him. I'm so happy you didn't disappear when you left Fox. I am too. Although part of me wanted to disappear <laughs> to a place, Lyland somewhere. Never talk about politics again. 360 says, and we were talking earlier on the show about Governor Jay Inslee and his gun control ideas. And we're going to talk more about that coming up uh, in the two o'clock hour. 360 says, of course, the governor's plan will work. Anybody knows that criminals will willingly apply for licenses to purchase or steal a gun. What the heck is wrong with that man? 
Yeah, and that's the, their whole idea about and there are other um, states that have, and we'll get to that in a moment, but there's other states that have, you know, you have to have a, a permit card basically to practice your constitutional right to bear arms. But that's exactly it is there's you're trying to solve a problem in gun violence, right? By you're trying to solve a problem that is created by people who don't follow the law. And you're trying to solve that problem by passing more laws that you're probably not going to enforce, by the way. And it just makes no sense. Uh, and one of the commenters actually brought up a really good point. Uh, let's see where this is. That I or that uh, Illinois. Uh, where does that comment go? Oh, yeah. 217. Illinois has had firearm owner identification cards for years. And look how well that's worked out for Chicago. And that's a really good point. Illinois does have something called an FOID, which is a uh, firearm owner's identification card. And I mean, those gang members in Chicago who are killing each other, I don't think that they have their I don't think they have their FOIDs in their uh, in their wallet with their legally registered firearms. I don't I don't think that's what's happening there. And that's the you don't. And that's what gets me is that is a common sense pushback. And you never have someone like Inslee or Bob Ferguson who are willing to even entertain that conversation about, look, you're passing laws that law abiding gun owners are going to follow, but it's not going to do anything for the people who are actually committing these acts of violence. And and that's the really frustrating part. And then on the back end, you see these slaps on the wrist, and this this effort to make the lives easier of criminals who are actually killing each other. Um, and that's what becomes just infuriating and mind boggling. Uh, let's fit in a couple more of these. Oh, <laughs> earlier I was like, Governor Jay Inslee, can I play again, Nicole, that Jay Inslee, where do I find that? The soundbite, I got to play you guys this. Then we'll get you on to, to, no, I don't. Oh, I can play it for you. Which one are you looking uh, for? The one where uh, Governor Inslee is saying why we have so many um, shootings in America. And unfortunately, because of, of the prevalence of gun violence, uh, every day people are now more had a belly full of gun violence and not be able to walk out your door without belly a mass full. shooting, in, including in schools. So uh, I think this is changing. Unfortunately, uh, as time goes on, people have just got sick and tired of this gun violence. He says you can't walk out of your door without a mass shooting because he is, of course, the uh, king of building up straw men. Um and there were some, a bunch of comments on the text line about that. Triple eight nine seven three Cairo, triple eight nine seven three K I R O. And so I was saying about that uh, because he went on in that bite and talked about how everyone in America has got a gun in their pocket. <laughs> and I said, I don't think you carry a gun in your pocket. And some textures corrected me that in fact they do carry a gun in their pocket. They say that there's a, uh, let's see, 360 says, I carry my Glock 45 in the front pocket of my Levi's, 18 rounds of freedom. I just didn't know that. I didn't know people carried their guns in their pocket. And you said, somebody said there's a, there's a, a holster for the pocket. Yes, that they call a pocket or something like that. But some, I mean, there's a couple people. I mean, we probably got 20 texts of people saying, I keep my gun in my pocket. I keep my gun in my pocket. So apparently people do. Well, you know, one of the reasons I didn't think that is if you look at these jeans I have on right now, let me just stand up quick. There's uh, no gun being hidden in those jeans. Well, first, yeah, first of all, they're way too tight. <laughs> they're way too tight for a firearm. Is that a gun in your pocket? Or you have to, um, but my pockets are really shallow. You know, these are fashion pockets. Well, I... I, that might and be I the difference between men and so women's maybe men jeans. have deeper pockets, possibly. Because all I got is these these tight pants. 
couple shallow pockets and then yep. this little coin pocket right here mm-hmm. where you can put a you know Same. couple quarters or something for the thing. So, okay, thanks for correcting me. I guess I don't know everything about guns, and I don't. <laughs> Unlike Jay Inslee and Bob Ferguson, I will not pretend to be an expert on firearms. All right, quickly, uh, Elon Musk. So, for the record, I have been a fan of the prospect of what Elon Musk will do to Twitter. I really believed that Twitter had become this platform where politics was outweighing everything else and where you did have people on the right with COVID and all that who are being silenced um, for for things that, you know, you looked at the left and like some of the violence that was being carried out in 2020 and people who were fl- fanning the flames of that and nothing happened to them. And then, oh, you know, you say something about vaccines on Twitter on the right and you're suspended permanently. And, you know, the Ayatollah of Iran gets to go on Twitter and talk about threats. And then Donald Trump got suspended. So I, w- I was hopeful about what Elon Musk would do because he really said that he bought it because it was about free speech for him. Now, of course, a private company, the, the First Amendment uh, has nothing to do with the private company. But he's saying that I'm going to embrace the spirit of free speech. And that's what this platform is going to be. And he's done some things in the last few days where I'm like, but is it, you know, I'm I'm. I, I was a big Elon Musk fan coming in, and now it's starting to sort of uh, have some questions about what he's doing. But he has um, adopted this, I guess, philosophy of running Twitter, where if there's a big policy decision to be made, he puts it out to a vote. You know, the guy's got 122 million Twitter followers. And so he'll put up a poll and say, hey, what should I do? And this poll he put up was kind of an important one. He said, should I step down as the head of Twitter? <laughs> Um, And he said, I will abide by the results of this poll. So 17.5 million people took this poll and 57 percent of them said, yes, you should step down as the CEO of Twitter. So he says now he's going to step down. The question is, who is going to replace him? And by the way, this doesn't mean he doesn't own Twitter anymore. And he has said for a month now that he wants a different he wants to hire someone to be the CEO of Twitter. So in a sense, I think this poll was just, you know, he he was going to do that anyway. And so because he's not going to run it day to day, he has to get us to Mars He's got more important things going on right. than Twitter, right? He needs to get us to Mars. Had soccer games to watch. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> soccer games with Jared Kushner. Um, so doesn't surprise me, but I think the question is, what CEO would be a CEO Elon Musk would trust? Besides me, of course. I mean, I think I'm his first choice, but I have a podcast to run. And so that's obviously more important than being the CEO of Twitter. So I'm very curious who's on his short list. Yeah, and if it, I mean, he's implying in some of this that the people that are saying they don't want him are not going to like who he picks. He said, as the saying goes, be careful what you wish as you might get it. And then he said, this was, he said, those who want power are the ones who least deserve it. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Maybe Charlie Brown. Maybe it's Jared. Jared Kushner. (laughs) Oh my God. Can you imagine left Twitter? Left Twitter, that would be the meltdown. That would be the meltdown. I don't even want Jared Kushner, frankly, to to run Twitter. So we'll see who Elon Musk chooses. What do we got here, Andrew? Bring it up for all this is nice. Isn't this a Charlie Brown? This is Charlie Brown Christmas, the best Christmas music ever made. That you're picking classy Christmas songs. Is that because you think I'm classy? Yes, I, I think this show should be classy. <laughs> That's good. You couldn't really say no to that question. So, is that because you think I'm classy? No. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do we have coming up, Nicole? <laughs> so I defer to you because I don't have it in front of me. <laughs>
Uh, well, I don't know. We'll talk about it during the break and see what we want to talk about next. We have some ideas. Okay. I know that we had some audio of a former NFL player. I like this one a lot. But giving their opinion on shootings and what to do to prevent them. Which I actually like this. I mean, Maybe we'll talk about that. Yes, that's one of them. All right, Brandy mm-hmm. Cruz filling in for my friend Dory Monson. And so we're going to bless you with more holiday music this week. We'll be right back. Big show. Brandy Cruz filling in for my friend Dory Monson through the end of the year. You guys won't even hear from him until next year, which I can't believe it's already 2023 almost. It is crazy. That's wild. How fast We're this year old. went by. I mean, how fast old. the last three years went by. I know we complain about it in the midst of it, but really, I can't believe it's three years of COVID. It is pretty wild. I was thinking about my fiance and I and our like four year relationship so far. And I was like, wow, most of that was during a pandemic do we will we even love each other (laughs) (laughs) oh all right uh what's your favorite starbucks holiday drink andrew drip coffee oh man after my own heart creative as i'm drinking a quad shot uh nicole you're Mm. you're very yeah i I like sugary drinks uh i like an eggnog latte actually love it do you hate unions (laughs) (laughs) No, is this not a good segue? Mm. It works. I, if I weren't, yeah. So Starbucks, as you know, there's been these efforts to unionize within Starbucks. But those efforts might be getting in the way of people's ability to enjoy their favorite Starbucks holiday-themed drink. So, of course, back in November, you know, on the, the what is it called? The, the Red Cup Day, where you can go in mm-hmm. and it's like a big deal and you get your reusable red cup that you can get your holiday beverage in. Well, they had the audacity. To do a walkout at 110 Starbucks on Red Cup Day back on November 17th, which I don't know how some people recovered from the trauma of walking up to their Starbucks on Red Cup Day and it being closed. So now, just before Christmas, on Friday, some workers around the U.S. are planning a three-day strike. And it's all part of their efforts to unionize the uh, the shops. Now, as you know, on the Dory Monson show, <laughs> I think Nicole bumped up this sound. Dory's done a lot of stories on whiny Starbucks baristas. And there is good reason for that. I'm literally about to quit. Like, I, I don't know if I'm going to do it, but like, I really want to. I almost walked out today and I'm crying in the back room right now and I almost cut on the floor. It's just... I like I get I'm like a full time student. I get scheduled for 25 hours a week, and then on weekends they schedule me the entire day open to close. I'm on the schedule for eight and a half hours, <laughs> both Saturday and Sunday. I'm like three and a half hours into my shift. There's so many customers, and we have four people on the floor all day. <laughs> Only five people were put on the schedule, and somebody had to call out. They don't want to help us. We need a union because this can't happen. And then people are yelling at me because I don't have their orders ready. And they don't know what to do. <laughs> and a customer was misgendering me tonight, like, really badly. I didn't have their order ready. And so they were just, like, talking, talking to each other. And they're like, she's clearly incompetent. I have a full mustache and beard. <laughs> what the <laughs> I don't get accommodations for being neurodivergent. I don't even know what to do anymore. Oh my god, my wits out with this job. 
Please tell me that's an SNL really skit. Is. I promise. That's got to be from SNL. That's not. It's not. I mean, that was a full ugly cry. She, he, sorry. Yep. He doesn't even get accommodations for being neurodivergent. I know. How could you? A full eight and a half Stop. hour day. I don't, I don't know a solution to that man's woes besides unionizing. I know. So just to let you guys know, for, starting Friday, some stores say, I'm crying right now. Some stores say they are going to have a three day strike. And so, you know, I, I know this is going to be tough in Seattle. But you may have to go to a different coffee shop. Do you think there are any in Seattle? Maybe 5,000 or so? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you may have to go to one of your neighborhood coffee shops instead of Starbucks. So, Nicole, no eggnog latte (sighs) starting on Friday. And, Andrew, I don't know where you'll find it, but somehow you have to find black coffee somewhere else so i don't know where the hell i'm gonna look now oh man i'm crying and my makeup looked so good today and now i'm crying i never heard that sound bite before <laughs> it's a great <laughs> one it actually is very appropriate we're playing it. it's probably one of the awesome audio of the year oh it's got should have right? been mm-hmm. so you just took that off somebody's social media having a meltdown yep huh. i believe oh. it was lives of tiktok All right, coming up in the big lead next hour, a football player has some words of wisdom on what is truly wrong with America. Nicole and I both have to say we do agree with the gentleman. We'll also talk more about Governor Jay Inslee and Attorney General Bob Ferguson's plans to deal with quote-unquote gun violence. All that and much more ahead as the Dory Monson Show rolls on.